0: Zeppelin, stones and beetles. Looking up with girlfriends face to
1: face. We're born perfect. And then it's, it's just our, our lives that make us, you know, and our issues that make us go to those things and stuff like that. We're just not content waking up and and feeling you know what a wonderful day all the sunshine this and that
2: you know i'm bruce hilliard and the following is an honest and candid story of drugs women and rock and roll he's since cleaned up his life and he took a few minutes to share his backstories and his music and his new album beautiful things please welcome Donnie v on the better each day podcast radio show
1: With Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day. Reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Today's show is brought to you by your future.
2: It comes with a lifetime guarantee. I haven't heard your, uh, your your music is incredible to begin with here, but I haven't heard Thank on a good, on a good stereo system because I don't own one.
1: You do have some earbuds, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: that's a good stereo system. That's all I got. I don't know, I don't know if I have a big stereo or anything, you know. Oh, you don't my recording stuff, but I but I just have my earbuds.
2: Oh, well, yeah, that works well with me. I'm used to kind of feeling the bass pound off my chest and stuff like that. But yeah, you, you know what? What?
1: Get, get these things. They're, they're made by Apple. They're called AirPods. Yeah. And you get the good ones. They're about 180 bucks. That's what I got on right now. Mm-hmm. You can walk around. They're wireless, and oh. they, but they have the bass, they have everything in them. They sound really, really good. Made by Apple, AirPods. But get the good ones. Don't get those cheap ones. Okay. There's some for 60 bucks, and they suck. You got to get the ones that are 180 bucks. But you'll, that's all you'll ever need. You know, they charge up and they, they just found they last all day. And I'm walking around all over the place right now.
2: That's cool. <laughs> well, Donnie, that's all I need. That's the only reason I called you. I really didn't want to interview you. I just wanted to know what kind right, of. Right. You
1: just want to know about the AirPods. Yeah, tell some... me how terrible, terrible your relationship was. Well, <laughs> I already know that.
2: I wanted some <laughs> marital counseling <laughs> from you. I think. Where are you from? I am from Seattle, born in Seattle. I grew up in Aberdeen, the home of Kurt Cobain and grungy stuff. And I played.
1: You do not sound Seattle. You sound. You have an accent.
2: An accent? Oh, really?
1: Yeah, you're from somewhere. It sounds like you're from. I don't know. It's kind of like a broken English, a little bit.
2: No, I'm from Seattle. I was born up on Till Hill. They call it Virginia Mason Hospital. I grew up in the uh, West Coast and uh, Pacific Northwest my whole life. I've lived in a few different places, but I keep gravitating back here.
1: Everybody says I have a real Chicago accent, but I don't hear it. I think everybody else has an accent.
2: <laughs> uh, you sound like a rock musician. How, how The way your brain works, I think, is what I'm going by. Well, I'm
1: I'm not really a musician. I'm kind of a hack, but I play everything out of necessity. You know, like, like on the new record, you know, I play everything, but I'm not. I'm not a great musician. I think my my strength is uh is uh my vocals and my writing, you know, and uh and I'm not I don't consider myself a a rock star or anything like that. I never have. I've I'm an artist.
2: What instruments do you play?
1: I can play you if I know what what where to push on you and what sound you'll make and my belly you know? button
2: and i'm left-handed can you play a left-handed human
1: left-handed human i sure could if i i'll squeeze you in the neck and you go and i'll squeeze you in the knee and you go and i'll squeeze you here and there and grab the balls and you, go, you know so i can i know that's three notes right there i can figure something out
2: you're an anatomical I play, wizard play
1: cats play cats i play everything i can play just about everything i'm not too good with with the reed instruments i actually i suck at that and you know, I can play a little bit of uh, anything with strings on it or anything with with uh, piano keys and stuff like that, you know. And the meat whistle. You Good. always play the meat whistle.
3: Uh, the I like blues play and the meat much, whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the
2: meat flute. <laughs> you got it. So um, when you write, do you write on piano, guitar, skin flute?
1: Uh, <laughs> I write, uh, usually, uh, sometimes I don't have anything when I'm writing. I, I like the ideas come get sort of beamed into my head from somewhere yeah. and then I figure it out and follow the songs and I've been doing it for so long that I can hear what chord will be here, if it'll be a minor or major. And then once I'm actually working it out to demo it or record it, that's when I, that's when I, uh, work out the different transitions or, or what, what transition, or what form of that chord is. And, but a lot of times, you know, I'm, I get my ideas and I just, They'll come in the wind and I'll just put it out on my little phone voice recorder and then I'll get to it and um, you know this, so it, it could be anything it could be a piano if there's a piano around, I'll write something on that if there's a guitar around usually that's what's around I write something on that or or I just won't I won't use anything you know not much I don't write much on the meat flute.
2: yeah well, <laughs> well, that's good hey. Here's the title cut beautiful things. does the guitar work at the beginning of that that's crazy
1: that's that's a guy named paul gilbert he was in the band called mr big and he does this i think he was in a band called racer x before that like a guitar band and he's just amazing you know you can tell he's never never done drink or did any drugs i think he drank with me once but that's <laughs> it's pretty hard to avoid that when i was drinking a lot and uh but he's just a sweet friend and he's our, our first tour with with mr big and and he just, he just remained friends and, and uh, beautiful things. I just thought, you know, it'd be nice to have uh, a different guitar on it, a different style. And, and so I, I reached out to him and said, hey, would you be interested in playing on this uh, new record? And sent him the song. He said, yeah, and sent me the song. And, and he just came back and said, yeah, sure, man. He says uh, send the files over. And he, he did his thing. And in that very first dig, my producer couldn't figure out how to use that. You know, he's like, what do we do with that? I go, well, you better figure out something to do with that because that's Paul Gilbert and that's what he does, you know, and, and, and so I figured it out and made like a dreamscape and it became the first song on the record and it kind of takes you, once you listen to the whole record, you'll see how it, it's a journey, it's, uh, it flows from one song into the next. It's like a little journey, and that's a great way to start off the journey. It's like a dreamscape. I consider myself... You just heard of me t- two days ago when you're doing an interview.
2: Yeah, and I'm honored. Where, getting...
1: Where are you getting the questions from?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm winging it. I'm just making it up as I go. Just general, general questions? Well, that's even better. Your chord changes <laughs> are pretty cool. You're doing a lot of stuff doesn't sound standard you know i'm reading a, a thing from a rolling stone magazine and they use Beatlesque. esque you hear that a lot I, whatever happened to bad finger you got a little bad finger going on in there
1: those guys ended up getting ripped off so bad that oh i know that the original lead singer that wrote everything he hung himself and then the next the other guy that sang I know. he hung himself God. You know, so
2: okay, I, we're I a
1: terrible. Like, who would do hang of myself, you know, I, I would I'd I'd take it back, or something like that. yeah, yeah.
2: You know, something syphilis or something. Yeah, hang myself, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I take it all back then. I don't want to hex your stuff. Your new album's incredible. No,
1: I, my other influence besides Beatles would be like, like uh, Motown, oh, yeah, and um, and like you know, some English bands like Squeeze or Elvis Costello, and yeah. you know, a lot of that stuff, a little bit of heavier stuff came in later. But I'm not really a heavy, heavy guy,
2: you know. Your songs are like crazy melodic. I'm like, wow, this guy, did he sleep with Harry Nilsson? I hear all these influences, <laughs> all the good songwriters, and I, every day, and almost every interview, everybody saw the Beatles, so they got into music and stuff, but I hear they don't write them like that anymore. Right. But, but I digress. Yeah, well, I, write,
1: I write what I like, you know. I write what what, what the ideas that come to me, and... and everybody says that i'm so talented but it's not really that i started studying i had a very abusive childhood so like four or five i heard my first couple beatle records and and i was hooked on the melodies and i studied every every way that they transition and uh, the different ways of constructing a song and the vocals and the harmonies and all that stuff so it's not like that talent i just worked hard at it and i love melodies and i think that songs I think a, a well-crafted song is one that where you can sit down and actually play the song on an acoustic guitar or a piano and sing it, and it's the same song that, that it would song. be with the band. Yeah, you know, and but that's a well-crafted song, and a lot of them, I don't think it can do that, you know.
2: How long have you been doing this? Like, this is a standard question. Did you start out right out of the womb, or did you, uh, the old, well, I saw the Beatles. You were too young. You didn't see the Beatles on stage. Well, I was, I'm,
1: 100, I'm 131 years old. You're a hobbit. And so I've been doing it. I've been doing it for 126 years. Cool. No, I've been doing it since I was four or five. I'm 55 now. I, I haven't been writing that long. But I've been in the business for 30 years and uh, making records and writing songs and uh enough's enough with my first band i was ever in
2: yeah i was a kid how old were you as a kid
1: like 19 or 20. yeah that's a kid 21 i don't remember exactly but when i first hooked up with my partner chip i think i was like 19 or so our very we had a local radio thing in in chicago where all the different local bands you know none of them none of them were very supportive of each other. They were all, you know, trying to <coughs> be number one on the countdown of these local stations. And once our first song went on there, it went and it was called Catholic girls and it went number one and it just stayed there. And the very first show enough's enough ever played was jam packed. And they, they pretty much have stayed the same up until, you, you know, some of the lonelier indie years, you know, then it, it's, you know, tours get, get to be monotonous and, you only play a couple of good shows a, a week, and then the rest of them are shitty shows for yeah. small crowds in shitty places and stuff. So.
2: Yeah, I've played a few of those in my day. Yeah, uh, I played back when there was smoking, so no matter where you played, I just... smoke. Do you really I'm smoking right now? Are you really? Wow.
1: Yes, I am. I'm chain smoking actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are no. I'm smoking right now. I smoke. I still smoke weed, but that's it. You yeah. know, I, I got clean off everything else and.
2: You don't smoke cigarettes.
1: I'm smoking a cigarette right now, man. You'll never get my. You'll pry my cigarettes from my cold, cancerous body. (laughs) Oh
2: Jesus, (laughs) God. Well, let's talk about your album. That's why I called. I almost forgot. I segued off and I I lost track here, but I was going to say they don't they don't write write them like that anymore. Uh, I think a lot of really good songs were done back in those days because studio time was extremely expensive. And if you got signed by a record label, which isn't always the case now because there's a lot of indie stuff going on, but you had to be good. So I think by the time you made a recording and everything, it was well thought out. And the album was thought out in the way that you're describing well, this you had, one. Yeah, you
1: you had performed those songs a lot live. And when you made a record, yeah. you, there, used to be, there used to be DJs that would at different radio stations that had different... They would play what they liked. And if they liked something by somebody they would, it would blow up and that's where you're, but, but it only would be things that, that had, you know, quality and taste. It's like, that's why they'll never be really big rock stars again, like in those eras, because uh, it's all political and it's uh, there's just machines now that manufacture, you know, kind of the same thing with a different face or a different, you know, it sounds like the same writer or this and that for, for quite a long time now. But, you know, there's a couple of new bands like Greta Van Fleet and stuff that are bringing back some older stuff. And so, you know, there's hope for, for music to recycle again, you know, like it usually does. It just hadn't for so long, you know, the rap music and all that crap. I don't even consider that music, you know. And, uh, you know, when a guy can't play, write a song, play an instrument or sing, how is he a musician? You know, why is that the biggest, biggest drawing star over Paul McCartney and shit, you know, but. But there has, you know, then came the '90s shit after after Kurt, and uh, and Stone Temple Pilots and Soundgarden, yeah. those were great, and Alice in Chains, those were great bands, big yeah. bands, and um, you know, and then after that followed, you know, just like like within the '80s where you had Van Halen, and then followed all these cock rockers that, you know, that weren't even close to that, and trying to emulate things and and sitting there trying to write songs so desperately. And that's, I never do that. And I'm, you know, being an artist, I, uh, I'll get an idea. And then I, what I do is I listen and follow this. I listen to the song and I let it tell me where it wants to go and I follow where it wants to go. And I don't, if it, if it doesn't want to go anywhere, I'll set it aside, you know? And, but, uh, that's, that's just the way I work. It's the, the ideas come from God or wherever the hell they come from. And then I, I do all the work and hope I don't fuck it up, you know? (laughs) And have to write all the lyrics and stuff, but I follow them. Yeah. You know, I listen. It's a it's a little life when you're creating something. You're creating like a little life that you have to nurture it, and you have to you have to get it in the best shape that it can to send it off into the world, like a child. You know, and I have a lot of children, <laughs> and uh, but that's just a, I just think that that's the way it is, and it's just my 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 uh, particular taste. You know, some people you know some people don't like you know the, the most people like what I do they just uh we used to be a little I used to be heavier and enough's enough and that wasn't really my bag but like the 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 pop lovers would, wouldn't get the heavy guitars and the, and the and the heavy heavy guys wouldn't get the pop melodies and stuff but but now um now it kind of makes sense what I'm doing it's, it's what I've always wanted to do.
2: all the worlds to me I I really like the the sounds you use in the instrumentation but yeah it doesn't sound contrived but you use a lot of chord changes and, and interesting things that make sense in the way that I don't know if you're into ancient history but like Baroque balked stuff when you listen to it it just sounds clever to me and how did he get to that and how did he do that and you're doing something along that line it, and it's original it doesn't like I said it doesn't sound contrived everybody's gonna say you sound like this or you sound like that
1: go back and there's there's a lot of records that I've written on. you know I'm the writer of the band I was the writer of the band and the singer so if you like what I'm doing now you will you will like the other stuff it's just uh maybe a little bit different production style a lot heavier and and you know there's a couple other egos involved and and stuff like that you know so it's it, it isn't exactly what I wanted it to be but the, I think uh I've tried to evolve and I've tried to continue to make better stuff each time and and I think if you're not making something better than your last thing then there's no point in really putting putting it out and I wouldn't so up until today I think I'm still accomplishing that
2: so this is kind of a, what you're calling a soundscape, a little rock opera type of deal. Does is is it tell a story or it just kind of takes you down this road of audio yum-yums?
1: Well, I wouldn't call it a rock opera because it's not all connected. It's it's just uh, like the same way I said about writing the songs. I listened to it and follow or once to go. I followed the, you know, I write a lot of songs. So so there's some that, that fit and there's some that don't. But this one kind of... Uh, really flowed in the in the order of the songs really came together and it, yeah it kind of starts off with you know beautiful things and you go into you know it's just by the end of it it's you know like the breakup you know the breakup of a relationship there's a song called back from the blue and
0: our last words have all been said Oh your fresh flowers dead pull the covers from the bed that still smell like you I hope you like your new place. Your closet got enough space. I'm laying low, I'm letting go. Find comfort from the radio. Right now it doesn't feel like this broken heart will heal. But soon you'll find appeal in something brand new. Occasionally find things a little sad reminding. Of the love we made, but that too will fade like a one-out
1: And you know it just goes through it just goes through a cycle I wouldn't call it but it's not like a rock opera or like Jesus Christ superstar or anything like that, which was fantastic mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm not capable of writing anything like that you know I just I hear a I hear a chord I don't even know what they're called, most of them you know I just I figure it out as as I hear it you know
2: so that's you get your inspiration from the mothership and then it comes down and you just put it together just magically.
1: It's yeah, a, and a, hope I don't fuck it up. <laughs> all right, that's the
2: formula. I'm gonna tell everyone I know. Here's how you write a song. That's cool. I've got some great uh, photos of you I can use on the website and my newsletter and stuff. And and yeah, you're you're a goddamn handsome guy too. I gotta say that.
1: So <laughs> oh, thanks a lot.
2: But I'm not. I'm not I, gay, but
1: I, I've never thought of. I've never considered myself <laughs> handsome. You know, I, the very first days, I kind of looked like a girl. But <laughs> oh, that has all changed. <laughs> All the drugging and drinking and whores, you know, that's all changed. Over no <laughs> cross man now. now. Yeah, I'm that's 55 good. years old, you
2: know. 55, wow. So, did you get good grades in school, or are you the guy that got thrown out for being the funny man?
1: I got good grades uh, up until I was in eighth grade because I went to a small private school where there was the same 12 kids in, in every. And so I didn't know any better. I didn't know you could cut school. I didn't know you could do this and that. And I I, I I, guess I always scored very well on my achievement tests and IQ tests and stuff. And so that's why when I got to high school, that's why they didn't throw me out immediately. I had to, I st- I stole the time stamped it, the thing that you stamp all the notes with that makes it <laughs> good as gold. I, I stole that fucking thing. And that was it. That was when they said, it's time to go. And I said, hey, man. It's about time. I, I figure trying to figure something out to get the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I still... can't even
1: drive past it without getting a... <laughs> oh,
2: Jesus. <laughs> so you went from high school, clearly, into a band because you were 18, 19 years old playing in Enough's Enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I was out of high school by 16, you know. I mean, I was still enrolled, but I didn't go. You know, there was, there was so many classes that I had never showed up one day, so they didn't even mark me absent or anything because they didn't even know i existed
2: <laughs> and yeah so you're smoking a little weed and listening to what kind of music
1: oh i was i started doing everything um i was uh i've always gravitated towards the danger yeah towards the unknown you know and like some of my friends and stuff would would stick with weed and stuff but then somebody come around with a little bit of cocaine I'd be like "Mm, yeah yeah, I've heard a lot of bad things about that I gotta try (laughs) this you know and and heroin and stuff like that like "Ooh, I gotta try that I've heard some terrible things about that so I'm gonna have to try that and you know but listening to music since I was a little kid I liked like like I said I liked the Beatles I liked the Rolling Stones I liked uh you know different things like that and uh, Motown and the old Jackson five and, and you know, just, just stuff like that. And the Supremes and I didn't listen to anything heavy till I think I was maybe 13 or 14. The first heavy record that, that I got into was rush 2112. Oh yeah. And, uh, and that was, I was like, man, these guys are the way that they play and the way they structure and this and that. It's like, I started to try, then I got into Led Zeppelin, yeah. you know, and that and then Aerosmith. And I was like, this is fucking cool. These guys are taken, taken from where the Beatles left off and bringing it to the next level. And that's the thing. That's what's wrong with music today. Is Nobody's taking, taking their influences from good influences because, because most of these kids, they've never, even, they've never existed when there was good influences and there was good things to emulate. And so that's why it doesn't evolve. It doesn't grow. It just, it's kind of stays stagnant. You know, and there's no DJs or anything anymore because there's a lot of good bands out there. But the only way to uh, really get your stuff around is like through YouTube and stuff like that. And people have to have have attention has to be called to that for them even to see those things. You know, you get a 50 million views on on some chick eating a pickle, you know, as opposed to your great album. You know, it's like this chick eating a pickle gets 50,000 views. But I got you know, I got 30000
2: <laughs> What a weird market, you know. And, and I mm-hmm. guess that's the nature of it. If you ever figure it out, let me know, because it doesn't make any sense to me either. I don't get it. Oh, God, dude, I can't, I
1: can't figure anything. I can't figure out uh, what's to wear today. <laughs>
2: I've been yakking at you for 30 minutes, and we've got plenty of stuff. You're, you're,
1: my, you're my last interview for today, so oh, yeah. I've been doing them since 8, 8.30 this morning. I don't know. Who the fuck schedules a goddamn interview for... For the crack. I mean, I usually get up at the crack of noon. Yeah. You know, because like, I'm up all night recording and writing, and I've already got basically the next re- record written and demoed. So I'm ready to go, and I'll stay up for two fucking days. I used to stay up for two weeks, you know, but now I'll make it two days just because you get in a zone. You know, you're a musician. You know, you, when you're writing something or you get in that zone where oh, yeah. if you take a break or you go to sleep, you wake up and you're not in that zone anymore. You don't even know where the fuck. Yeah. You were, so I can, so I'll finish it and then I'll get up the next day and then I'll polish it,
2: you know? Or you'd completely lose track of time and, well, six, eight hours went by and it seemed like maybe an hour or right. something like that. Yeah, That's another
1: th- That's another problem with being in a relationship. You can't do that.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not allowed to do that. You
1: can't stay up for two days. What the, f- you know, but this is what I do. And, and chicks, they always, chicks has to be number one in your life. And, and when you're a musician or an artist, nothing can be number one, but what you do. Yeah. And the- they can't take that. And the next thing you know, they start looking at your art and your craft as uh like another girlfriend or something, and they're jealous of it. And then they hate it. And before you know it, they hate, you hate when you do what you do, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and it is what it is and we are who we are, but getting in a relationship, like I said, they have to be number one. And, uh, they can't be, you know, if you have a job or something, then they can be. But if you're an artist or doing something you're passionate about, your passion lies there.
2: I learned so much today. And the music you described, you walked down the same road I did. The Rush stuff, the, uh, gosh, everything you talked about was like, oh man, we're like uh, twin brothers.
1: There we go. You live on that coast and I live in the in the Midwest. I've lived out there, like in mostly in California and stuff. Yeah. Seattle wasn't. You know, I've been there, but I'm not allowed in Canada anymore, so I don't usually pass through there that much anymore. I've, what happened I to ruined a few, I, I ruined some dogs going what? into Canada because there's no way our bus was going to get through the borders with uh, even if we cleaned all the drugs out of there. There's still shit in the carpets. They're sprinkled as crumbs of this and that. You know, Chip, my old partner, his, he, I he had dogs barking in his mouth cause he smoked so much pot, you know, and barking in his mouth, <laughs> his at his blood. breath. So, so somebody turned me on to, uh, <laughs> oh, a trick of sprinkling red pepper, oh, cayenne on. pepper yeah. all over your bus.
3: Yeah.
1: And they didn't, but they didn't, they failed to tell me that four dogs, they brought four dogs or three dogs on the bus uh-huh. and it wrecked all of them. They were ruined. They're no longer any good for that. And, uh, I had to buy the damn three dogs oh, and God. I had to pay for every, uh, every bit of food they ever ate, all the training they ever did. It was like uh, $35,000 for these three dogs. I'm like, well, can I at least have the damn dogs? You know, they're like, no, you can't have the dogs. And then we went into Canada with a pending offense, a pending, uh, and, uh, and they have things called uh, paracetamol in Canada, which is uh, aspirin with codeine in it. And I was a big, I'm a big believer in, in medication and in medicine. You know, I was, a big, I used to be a big advocate for medicine. And, uh, so I don't know how many boxes you're allowed, but I went out, they came, went on our way out. There was 20 cases of that shit under the bus. I I bought out like three or four stores of every ones that they had. And, uh, they were like, that's it. You will never, ever step foot in Canada ever again in your life. And that sucks because, uh, I've done some really good interviews, and I've got some good business over there. And there's, I, I know a lot of, on, uh, pay, on, excuse me, Facebook and shit like that. There's a lot of hot chicks that are digging me in Canada, you know. And I'm like, well, I can't come there. Maybe you could come here, and you know, I get in everywhere else though.
2: That is an amazing <laughs> story. My God. I, it sounds like a, it sounds like a movie. You're, are they going to make Don't, a movie? The Donnie? Do
1: not sprinkle, do not yeah. sprinkle the cayenne
2: pepper all over your bus. Do not.
1: Those uh, are the old days though. I'm, I'm straight now. I'm not ashamed of anything I've ever done. I'm really not. It's, it's like, you know, it, it, if you would have made a left here, you wouldn't be here. If you would have made a right there, you know, and, and you got to use hindsight as insight and you have to learn from certain things. And it, you know, it would take a brick to fall on my head for me to learn, but I finally learned, and uh, it was just because I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, and, yeah. and depressed and lonely, and it's a lonely world when you're all strung out and shit. You lose your family. You lose your friends. You you know, you you let these turds into your life, and they become your best friends, and they're pieces of shit, and, you know, and I realized I spend more effort and more hard, hard-earned time Going around chasing wild goose chases, trying to get drugs and stuff like that. Then it actually takes to go through to get off that shit. And you're always better off with we're born perfect. And then it's, it's just our, our lives that make us, you know, and our issues that make us go to those things and stuff like that. We're just not content waking up and and feeling, you know, Ooh, what a wonderful day. All oh, the sunshine, this and that. You know, the rain was my sunshine. I like the rain. You know, but now, now I, I, I don't look at the pot of gold, at the end of the rainbow. I never really have, but this time I'm, I'm, I'm tasting the flowers or smelling the flowers and this and that and appreciating and enjoying the people and enjoying the things in life. And, and it makes things a lot easier for me because, uh, I'm not so worried about the little hangups. I'm, I'm, you know, there's no interview too small. There's no show that's really too small. There's no, you know, I mean, you just don't, you got to appreciate everything you get. And like I said, if you save one life, that's that's priceless. It's worth more than all the money and drugs in the world, you know.
2: What you just explained is beautiful things. Good good name for your album. It, uh, People, I guess the old saying is experience is the best teacher. I really think if you told somebody what you, what you just told me, uh, some young guy would say, yeah, yeah yeah, that worked for you but whatever you know and they have to go out and do it and then fight you it. have
1: to you have to learn by your own mistakes. like if there was like like I said, I've died I died a couple of times, but one time when I drowned, I went somewhere I went somewhere else and I got a taste of what's behind the veil and it changed everything for me and let me know that religions and all that shit are all bullshit and it's all hokey. You know, what it is is connectivity and that we're energy and energy is never born. Energy never dies. And so our energy it keeps on existing and takes a different form. And I learned if I could put what my experience into other people's brains, you know, and turn them on to it so that they, they knew it, too, like I know it, it would change the world.
2: Thanks for your time. You,
1: you know, what, Bruce, have yeah. a fantastic day. Thank you very much for thinking of me. But until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.